0: Welcome to this episode of the Manager Track Podcast. Today, I have a special guest on the show. Her name is Bruna De Palo. Bruna specializes in neuroscience-based coaching and training, and she specifically helps employees and managers create more fulfillment and what she calls aliveness in the workplace. So if you wonder if you're in the right role and you started to feel a little bit less fulfilled than you used to, this episode is for you. And at the same time, if you're worried and concerned that some of your employees currently or in the future might be occupied with this question of how to feel fulfilled at work and whether or not they are in fact feeling fulfilled. Understanding what drives fulfillment in the workplace will help you feeling better at work, but also will help you retain talent in the long term. And for these reasons, I'm excited to share this conversation with Bruna in today's podcast episode. So without further ado, let's get it started. Here's the question. How do you successfully transition into your first official leadership role, build the confidence and competence to lead your team effectively and establish yourself as a respected and trusted leader across the organization? that's the question and this show provides the answers welcome to the manager track podcast i'm your host ramona shaw and i'm on a mission to create workplaces where work is not seen as a source of stress but as a source of contribution connection and fulfillment and this transition starts with developing a new generation of leaders I'm a leadership coach, a mom of three, a coffee lover, and a travel enthusiast. Stick around because in this show, you'll learn how to think, communicate, and act to become a confident, high-performing leader people love to work with. Let's go. Bruna, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Manager Track podcast. I am thrilled to have you here. We're going to talk about why so many people are unfulfilled in their careers and what to do about it for yourself and to help your team members feel more fulfilled and engaged as well to increase retention and create a positive and engaged team environment. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, Ramona. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me a little bit more about how you got into this? I'd love to hear where, a little bit more about your background and then what got you interested in this topic and helping people in their careers and finding fulfillment that way.
1: Let's start from the basic I'm a neuroscience based coach. And what that means is I help executive and leaders as well as private individuals fully express themselves in their job and make the best use of their brain. That's where the contribution of neuroscience comes in. And the reason I'm doing this in the last few years is because I realized that people tend to be much more uh, in control. Of themselves and their situations when they understand the mechanism and the dynamics that regulate their behavior. So I started da- studying these types of topics on my own. I realized that I became really passionate about this. So I started doing some more structured studies. And then I realized that the more I was sharing this information with friends and clients, the more they loved it. Mm. And I could see the impact that that understanding these dynamics had in, in their career and their life. So I decided to make it a fundamental part of my coaching and corporate training today.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about that part of neuroscience and understanding how the brain works? For the people listening, they may wonder like, okay, what does that specifically mean? Because so far, what they may have thought about leadership development is all about the tactics and the behaviors. So how does the brain play a part in this?
1: Yeah, I would say that understanding the brain is actually the pillar of these tactics and strategies and new behaviors that people can implement in their leadership style to make the most of their presence and their team members as well. The thing is, there's a lot to say about this topic and there are in fact a lot of very effective uh, professional development books, lots of self-help books, but very often these tend to produce a series of tools and techniques that you need to remember. Or at least you need to practice and practice and practice until they become second nature. But the problem is in a moment of stress, when your cortisol kicks so high that you can't really think straight, you might not remember what was the right technique, the right framework to utilize. So I advocate that understanding how the brain works in simple but very practical terms, so nothing too complicated, understanding it's a topic that may be daunting But having some frameworks that help understand what has triggered a certain behavior or a certain uh, emotional reaction gives you the basis to understand what is really going on behind the scenes. And -hmm. if you understand this, you don't need to remember what was the technique. You just need to own the situation. And if you practice enough, by practicing, I mean, observing. Okay. But what I do with clients sometimes is really clarifying some frameworks that explain certain behaviors or how to communicate effectively by making the most, uh, most of the brain. When they practice this for a while, because it's so coherent with mm-hmm. their nature as human being, before when it becomes natural, and when it becomes natural, they don't feel lost the moment that they go blank, mm-hmm. because they already know what's the right thing to do. So I would say it's really like really owning how human beings function. And then there is a level of understanding that is quite organic and natural Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, it's about exploiting something that we we were made of. We were given where we were born. So it's just coming back and live as human beings instead of being confused. What's the right thing to do? What should I do in this situation? What have I been told years ago with that coach? What, What am I supposed to do now? I find it extremely fascinating and practical.
0: Yeah. And in my experience, it leads to way more sustainable change and growth in humans when we work from that understanding of emotions and understanding of our brain versus just looking at the surface level behaviors and tactics. Exactly. I'd love to dive deeper into this and and maybe look at a specific example. As we're talking about today why so many people are unfulfilled and how to create more fulfillment and engagement in the workplace. Can you walk us through a specific example where you helped a client address this particular topic by understanding their mind, their brain? Yes, actually that's a big
1: part of my job, uh, helping individuals understand why they are unfulfilled and what they can do in that sense. And in fact, I developed a neuroscience-based framework in these four steps help them make the best use of their brain in each stage so that they can be present to what they do and make choices that are more resonant with who they are as human beings. So the way this works, I mean, there's a reason why people are unfulfilled and generally has nothing to do with the place in itself, very often as it happened in my like previous career. You might be in a very nice company with lovely colleagues and kind of a good salary, you know, you've seen this over millions of times around. Mm-hmm. The fact that we have so many nice things around it, it doesn't make us fulfilled. What is missing at that point, uh, it's something else. And, and in my opinion, what I've learned by doing this job and in my own experience, what is missing is the expression of your being through the doing. So my definition of fulfillment is the this. expression of your being through your doing. Exactly. So what I've learned, for example, in my experience, I was so unfulfilled. Like everything was kind of right, so I couldn't understand what was wrong with me in my uh, IT career. Because, I mean, everything was was kind of there. At one point, I realized that I must have had something else in me. Mind you, I didn't know where it was, but it must there must have been something else that I wasn't able to express in my job. There was this sensation of, I could do more. I could give more. I, but I didn't know what it was. Bottom line, through my own journey in trying to change my career and all the mistakes I've made, what I realized is the right career for you is the one where you can fully express who you are through what you do. Uh, So it's the connection of being and doing We are born human beings. And we are made in a certain way, but we tend to live our lives in the Western side of the world, more like human doings. Yeah. It's kind of fine. we not dying because of this reason, but that's the reason why we have that sensation of emptiness and yeah. unfulfillment. So yeah. we need to go back to the basics of what it means. Being a human being means expressing who you are in your life, what yeah. you're going to bring into the world. Now, if you ask me why so many people are unfulfilled and therefore stuck in careers they don't belong to, very often is because they have no idea what's their being. Yeah. They really are what they bring into the world. What is that they should express more? And I'm not talking only about passions and talents. I'm talking about way more is their whole being. So how can they be more fulfilled? is by removing their limiting beliefs, for example, about what's possible and what is not possible, removing those layers that tend to cover their being so that they can truly see what lies inside and being more confident in bringing it outside and therefore using all these, like their values, for example, or their gifts to make choices that resonate with their being. (laughs) The bottom line, the right career, the one that makes you feel alive, and therefore successful is the one that pick as many as box, as many as possible. The boxes of your big. Yeah.
0: So what if, what if someone is in a situation where they think, yeah, I get what she's saying. And there's like maybe a little fire inside of me that I'm not attending to, or I, I can't really identify it. At the same time, I kind of, I like my job. Like I'm good at what I do. How c- can they connect the two? tap into this fire that may be starting to sort of grow inside and bring that out in a way that they start feeling more fulfilled, maybe without having to, you know, quit and go on to a drastic new uh, endeavor of redefining who they are and what
1: they do. Yeah, that's exactly the point, because sometimes you don't have to change career. For for me, for example, was a drastic change, but I have many clients who come to me because they think they want to change career, but they don't have a clear idea. And by going through this process, they realize that they are sort of in the right place, but there are some changes that they have to make, you know, that there is more resonance from what they carry inside and the activity that they do outside. So I think the key here is in the word aliveness. It's not about what you like. It's not about appreciating your place of work. It's not about what you uh, want or what you're passionate about. It's really about following what makes you feel alive. Because if you feel alive, you tend to have in your brain that uh, balance of chemicals that are necessary for peak performance. And what that means is that it's only if you feel alive that you can truly succeed and therefore develop more confidence and advance. I think the key to your question is the word aliveness. I very much focus on this in in my career change coaching with clients who either want to change or they just want to understand why they are unfulfilled and they can't feel happy even if everything seems okay from the outside. And the thing is, it's not about what you like. It's not about what you're passionate about. It's about what makes you feel alive. And aliveness is huge. It's not just, you know, being in a nice place. Also because aliveness is key for peak performance. So feeling alive technically means a specific balance of three specific hormones. When you feel them, you tend to want more. You tend to want to give more, you tend to succeed. So aliveness is also key for success. So the question you asked before is, how do people know what changes they have to make to feel more alive at work? Because again, it's not always about making a huge change. Yeah. The thing is, in, in the first part of the framework and to, to change career, what well, I mentioned before, the first stage is very much about discovering the being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we said the whole thing is about, you know, bringing who you are into what you do. So of course the stage, the first stage has to be about clarity on who you really are. I would say rediscover yourself because we knew who we were when we were kids, when we were children, but then we probably, many of us, me included, we stopped being who we were because at one point we we wanted to become who we were supposed to be, to be into the society. So that's the moment where we became detached from our real being. So Mm -hmm. what we do in the first stage is to rediscover our vision, our mission, our values, our gifts, and by gifts, I'm not talking about talents only. I'm talking about way more. Uh, I'm talking about personal characteristics. I'm talking about everything that you bring into the world yes, mm-hmm. that includes skills as well, but skills is a small part of that. Mm-hmm. So when you rediscover all these, and let's talk, for example, about values and gifts, then they, became, they become a compass in mm-hmm. life that help you make the right decisions, because we know that the right career for you is the one that pick as many as possible of the boxes. Of your being yeah so when you discover your being you really create at least let's say and then you go in the market and you try to understand which one pick as many as them yes that is the key to ensure that you want to lie and it is possible that once you know your gifts and, and your values you just see those little changes that you may want to make in your current career or yes. in your current company You may want to communicate this discovery to your leader so that they can make little changes for you. The the objective is ensuring that your brain works 100%. How do you achieve this? By bringing more aliveness into the job. Yeah, if we are all aware of the magic, then we create the conditions to make it happen.
0: What do you suggest a leader can do to help bring more aliveness to or, or support and help employees? feel more alive in their workplace? Because I can imagine there are conversations that they can have, there are questions they can uh, inquire about to learn more about what gets them excited in the workplace. And then with that in mind, look at how can we shift how they work or what they work on to create more of that spark.
1: Is that right? Yeah, this is a very good question. I think what, first of all, as we know, the, the role of a good leader is to create a psychologically safe environment where people feel free to express themselves. So that when you ask what excites you, so that we can give you more of the condition needed to make it happen, they will feel uh, encouraged to, to really say the truth. But the reality is, if you ask many of my clients, what excites you? They don't know it, except for the obvious. They, they are excited when they see their friends, when they go out with their partner, when they play with their kids. Yes, we know that. But when we talk about really rediscovering yourself, your being, it's another layer. And I have to say, there's nothing sexist in what I'm saying, but I have to admit that men are way less used to do this work than mm-hmm. women. So if you ask a woman um, what really excites you, you might get a colorful type of answer but if you ask it to a man they will tend to stick with the obvious Mm -hmm. and i think this is the the lack of habit of tuning in and stay in touch with yourself and the freedom that the society hasn't given them to truly express what they feel so um, certainly the question like what would you like more of what makes you feel excited what makes you feel alive it can help but but the problem is they often don't know the answer so that's where the role of a great leader comes in that is what I teach my students. I also train students for, for business school. And I got, you know, and I do it with coaching as well. It's about helping leaders truly trigger the answer beyond the obvious in their team members. So it's not about what excites you. It's about developing the skill of recognizing what are the gifts of the people mm-hmm. that maybe they themselves had no idea about. Yeah, They tend to take things for granted. And I can give you a little example of that, of how this impacted my business. Um, mm-hmm. When I was in my previous career, I was in tech, I was in web development, and I was really sad because, of course, it had nothing to do with my nature and with my being. But, of course, at that time, I knew nothing about this. When I finally realized that I could fully express my being in a career in coaching, I decided to go with that. But as it often happens, when you make a change, you just want to fit in. So you don't go into the new world, you know, full of yourself because mm-hmm. you just want to fit in and you know, you don't have actual experience. Uh, so I was trying to kind of mirror what other people were doing. But mm-hmm. then at one point, a friend of mine mentioned a few times, and then I realized it's been said to me many times, that my energy was actually a great asset. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I've heard this thing that I have a great infectious energy many times in my life. I always appreciate when people say this about me. But at that time, it became so common. I didn't see it as an asset. I saw it just as a personal characteristic. But when I realized, and I say, your smile, your face, you have to use them because those really are your signature characteristics. That's the moment where I realized that yeah, even my smile and my energy is part of my being. And I have to push on that and I have to stop trying to mirror others. And I need to bring to, you know, to build my uh, uniqueness based on who I really am. So it's more a matter of courage rather than others. Um, so what is important is that you surround yourself with people who are able to see your gifts mm-hmm. and remind you that you shouldn't take them for granted as I was doing. So back to leadership, I think an important role of a leader is developing the, the habit of noticing the gifts in their team members and uh, either asking questions that will help them see the, them for themselves, or, or just simply mentioning them. So for example, if let's say leader is called John and the, the, the team member is Maria. And Maria has just given a brilliant presentation that makes the whole team shine. It's great that John uh, will compliment and celebrate this little victory, but it's much more powerful if, in that moment, John tells Maria, "Maria, you really shine today. But let me tell you, it's—I think—it's your ability to connect with the audience and your ability to use storytelling to really bring business to life. That is your gift, I think." Yeah, it's much more impressive for yeah. Maria. And something that she might recognize as something that is a common in her patterns. And she might want to have more of that because that makes her shine, makes her feel alive and brings a lot of other benefit including confidence. Yeah. So that's how a leader could could do this is by developing this skill, which is not obvious, of noticing the gifts, noticing the patterns Mm -hmm. and bringing them to life. And when they do this, people tend to love leaders like these because that's real empowerment. And it means really seeing people. Yeah. You Not know, just having nice and empowering conversation when it's time for the yearly review.
0: Yeah. It's a huge difference to see the employee versus to see the human being as a leader and then looking for, sort of constantly being on a lookout for, right? What are those gifts? And how can I crystallize it and and then share it back and you know bring it to their attention because so much that other people see about us that we don't see because we take it for granted Um, and when someone reflects that back it can really be a huge light switch in the shift in how we think and how we see our
1: contribution in the workplace and in the broader context of our lives exactly and this is where again the understanding of the brain can help but so the thing is, the moment you have awareness of what your values, your beliefs, your gifts, your vision, and everything that makes you, newer, once you know what they are, what you're basically doing by bringing them to life. And normally I always ask my clients to write, write and do mind map and everything that, you know, brings it out in the outside world. Mm-hmm. When they do this, what they're doing to their brain is naturally activating certain filters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our brain works obviously by filters. We can't process all the information that we receive every moment because we'd be useless and we'll be exhausting. So what that means is that the brain tends to focus where we redirect our attention. Mm -hmm. Um, So you might think, okay Bruna, but let's say that I want to engage in this journey and discover myself. What if I discover, for example, that I am great at you know being creative, but then I am an accountant. Mm -hmm. And I do with creativity, I'm stuck. So there is also some kind of resistance in wanting to engage with this because they fear but they have to then change career. <laughs> That's not necessarily the case. Yeah. So the thing is, one thing is kind of knowing who you are and what you want and what makes you feel alive. One thing is having it on paper. The moment you have it on paper, you need to know that you are activating different filters in your brain because you're basically saying, from now on, I would like to use more of this. Yeah. The how, it's not your problem in that moment. You just yeah. have to activate those filters which is called RAS, a reticular activating system. Mm-hmm. This is the importance of knowing how the brain works, because if a leader is aware of this filter, they might stop wondering, yeah, but then how do I help Maria to be more creative, she's an accountant. My point is don't worry too much about the how now, just activate those filters and y- your brain will naturally see things that were not uh, visible before. Opportunities that were already there, but were not visible. So yeah. what that means is once everything is clear, there might be the way, for example, to do yes, still accountancy, but with lots of uh, colorful post it, or maybe she might do her um, early presentation, uh, singing, or maybe doing something fun. Whatever makes her feel alive, mm-hmm. But it is an opportunity that you can only see once you really focus on what you really want, and that is, you know, again, bringing who you are into what you do.
0: Yeah. I think the questions that we ask ourselves that then, like you say, activate or open up the Recticular Activating System, the RAS to certain areas or certain pieces of information. That is so important because asking the question of, oh my gosh, I can't like, or just telling ourselves, I can't be creative in my job. I'm stuck. And we're constantly looking for all the ways that we don't feel fulfilled will keep us in that loop versus then saying, what is a gift that I recognize today? Or even as I'm looking at my team members, what is unique about them? And just keep asking yourself that question will all of a sudden reveal things that we may not have seen otherwise.
1: Yeah. And therefore reveal opportunities. Yeah. So if I may, Ramona, I would like to share a little. A suggestion on how we can make this more practical. Yes. So, um, what leaders could do, uh, very simply, is just having a file. I ask my clients to do it on Excel, but whatever works for them, uh, where they collect information mm-hmm. that can help them see the patterns in their team members' behavior. So generally in this tool, what my clients collect is gifts, mm-hmm. uh, values, beliefs, Metaphors and anecdotes. So for each client, they don't have to feel it, sit down and feel it. It's just that perhaps you're going to have a copy. Well, before the pandemic, you have a nice conversation and Maria might tell you something that for some reason capture your attention. And if it capture your attention again, it's because you set your filters in the conversations on values, beliefs, uh, metaphors, and so on. So you might notice something and you just want to go back at your desk and just fill, you know, Maria's column with that information. Why? Because over time you will start seeing patterns. Mm -hmm. You will start noticing that Maria tends to excel every time that some level of creativity is there. Mm -hmm. So it helps you mentioning this gift to her, she might not be aware of, and it also helps you create the right condition. So I would say that writing things down over time. Can definitely help activate those opportunities that are otherwise hidden and because you see them you think nothing is possible so maybe i just have to change company but if you change company as i did you will be unfulfilled again because you haven't solved the real problem
0: yeah i love that and for people to start looking at and asking themselves the questions that really lead to those underlying themes and patterns that then help us create more fulfillment and engagement Uh, for ourselves, but also for everyone on our team. Thank you for sharing that, Bruna. So as we're closing out this conversation, is there something, a question that I should have asked that I didn't ask, or if there's something that you feel in our conversation that's relevant for leaders, uh, it was missing that you'd want to add on?
1: I would say that this is a very fascinating topic and I think you and I could keep talking for hours and hours and hours, given how passionate we are about this. But I would say no, I think it's, it's a complete conversation. Of course, we are just barely scratching the surface here, but I think it's enough to put it into practice. I would say that the only most important thing is turning this conversation into something practical. So if your audience is, someone in your audience is now wondering, okay, how do I turn this into something concrete? I would say that you can start by asking, for example, do you really know yourself? Do you need someone helping you? To truly uncover your being so that you could make choices that are truly resonant with who yeah. you are. And then once you discovered your gifts, which again, comes from observation, it's not about thinking, it's about observing the patterns in your behavior. And when you tend to feel alive, once you notice all this, just wondering, okay, I realized ABC about me. How much am I honoring this in my current life and career? Yes. what can I do? What little changes can I make so that I can express them more? Who do I need to talk to? What little changes do I need to make? Just make it very practical and concrete. Yes, I
0: love that. And actually I have a personal example where I noticed that was years, years, years ago. (laughs) But I realized at some point that I felt more drained than usual and I couldn't quite pinpoint what it was in my job until I realized that I love being in nature and I could not make time, I thought, limiting belief, I thought that between taking care of my kids, running the household and work and work across a lot of different time zones, there isn't any time in the day for me to actually enjoy nature. And at that point, I was living in San Francisco in the middle of the city. There wasn't nature right around the corner, or I couldn't open my back door and walk into a garden. And I made a very small shift when I realized that where I would stop at a park on my way to pick up my kids from daycare and I would take my shoes off and I would walk in the grass for five minutes and breathe and then get back in the car. And that five minutes that I added to the day, and there's no excuse to not do that. I definitely had the five minutes and that made a huge difference in how I felt and the energy level uh, that I experienced throughout the week.
1: Exactly. And, I, and I'm sure you felt alive in that moment. Yes. Yeah. But again, you can only do it if you are aware of what really makes you feel alive and what is important to you. So I think self reflection here is key to develop that awareness that helps you then make the right choices and changes needed. And as we say, it doesn't have to be a career change. Sometimes they come to, to me. Okay, let's change. But then we discover they don't really want to change. They just want to bring more of who they are. And once they know what it is, yeah. very often they can just, you know, do it. Yeah. Uh, and the company is only happy if they have people who feel alive, because I think at a higher level now, there is a little bit more of awareness that that sense of alive it also means peak performance. Yeah. And let's be honest, that's what companies want. Yeah. With a lot of talking about emotional intelligence and being more human and less business, but at the end of the day, it's a matter of revenue. And higher revenue are driven by better performance. So, how can I get better performance by having people who feel better about themselves and in doing what they're doing? So, it's yeah. really a win 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 strategy. 100%. Thank
0: you so much for bringing this conversation to the podcast um, and for opening up some of these questions and thoughts and even sharing the tips of how to get started
1: immediately. For people who want to learn more about you, where can they connect with you? They can go on my website that is www.brunadepano.com. Um, and if they join my newsletter, they'll load a tool that can help develop their awareness. But most importantly, they will know when my book is out. So I'm writing a book and I'm also launching a new project specifically on neuroscience of career change. So they might be informed when all this becomes available. And uh, yeah, congratulations, congratulations. On the LinkedIn and uh, website. Awesome. Well, congrats on the book.
0: Keep me posted or keep us posted. And I will link to your LinkedIn profile as well as your website in the show notes. Thank you, Bruna. I appreciated the conversation. Fabulous. Thank you so much, Ramona. My pleasure. That was my conversation with Bruna, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I think clarity is power. Clarity also helps to speak with confidence, to ask for what you want and to generally feel more enthusiastic and energized and in control of your life. I know that a lot of people, especially during the pandemic, have started to wonder whether they're doing the right thing, if they're in the right team, if they're in the right organization, if they're in the right profession as a matter of fact. And if you have this question in the back of your mind, there really isn't any money or time that you could waste in investigate further what it's about and what you want to do with it. And just like Bruna said, and other career coaches that I speak with frequently, validate as well is sometimes nothing has to change it is just getting clear of why am i doing what i'm doing and understanding your purpose and your goals and then with this clarity making a very clear and intentional choice to stay exactly where you're at but getting to that point will calm down that lingering question that maybe anxiety inducing questions, stressful questions that you might be carrying around day in and day out or that your employees may be having in the back of their minds. And so when then a headhunter pings them and is asking for their interest in other opportunities, if they don't know why they're doing what they're doing, the chances are way higher that they will say yes to these kind of conversations and potentially even be swayed by either monetary incentives or just because we often think the grass is greener on the other side. And if something is hard right now or relationships are difficult you know what? Bogging away, it might just feel momentarily better than staying, which of course isn't helping us grow nearly as much as working through our challenges. But each situation is different and each person is different and there's not one right answer for everything or everyone. But trying to figure out the answer that works for you I think is so powerful. And and in my coaching conversations, I help my clients often make decisions, powerful decisions or impactful decisions, high stake decisions. And we get really clear on their reasons. And I help them see what the reasons are for the different decisions or options on the table and whether or not they like the reasons. Whenever you notice the reason why you stay or leave or want to make a shift or a change is because of some kind of insecurity or fear fear that's driving you those are usually the decisions you want to have a closer eye on and investigate some further when we make decisions from a very intentional and empowered standpoint we feel so much better down the road and it's likely the decision that's a lot more aligned with our values and what we want to create in the future not the fears that may be holding us back and keeping us stuck so I hope you found this kind of conversation helpful I think it's very timely because again I think a lot of people are wondering about fulfillment in the workplace these days if you want to learn more about Bruna and how to work with her you'll find the link to her website and how to get in touch with her in the show notes thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next week with another episode of the Venture Track podcast take care talk to you then If you love this show, then you'll love even more my free training for new managers. If you haven't watched this training yet, then I'll strongly encourage you to sign up at RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass. You'll discover the key shifts you'll need to make as a new manager and the number one most common mistake to avoid. Plus, you'll walk away with actionable tips that you can apply in your role right away. Go to RamonaShaw.com forward slash masterclass to sign up.